Before you drift off into one of our meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to share with you one of the new opportunities for our listeners at The Mindful Movement. This is Sarah Raymond, and I'm so excited to announce the expansion of our coaching services to include two of my good friends and excellent coaches, Nikki Dyer and Laura Cannon. Both Nikki and Laura provide their own unique skill sets, allowing us to meet the needs of our growing audience. If you want to learn more, just follow the coaching link in the show notes. As always, we are grateful for your support and look forward to working with you. Hello and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond, and I want to thank you all for tuning in and joining us today for another episode. Today I have a special guest, one of my greatest teachers and one of my absolute favorite people who I adore. This is my daughter, Molly Raymond. Molly, say hello. Hi, I'm Molly. Molly, how old are you? I'm 16. All right. So I thought today would be an interesting opportunity to, one, practice having an in-person podcast, which I've been waiting to do. My plan was to have my podcast done in person, but due to this pandemic shenanigans, that hasn't been a realistic opportunity for me, and everything's been over uh, the interwebs via Zoom. So now it's great. I could actually talk to a real living person. I'm going to reach out and touch her to make, yep, she's actually <laughs> in the room with me. And this is an exciting opportunity for me. And I'm really happy to have her with me. Molly is someone that I spend a good amount of time with, especially these last few months, as there's not a whole lot to do outside of the house that we live in. Um, I'm not really sure what we're going to talk about, but we're going to see where this goes. I thought this would be an interesting opportunity to get some insights, a uh, teenager's perspective of the world right now and how to navigate you know, a teenage life through this process. Some of you listeners out there probably have kids or are kids and maybe could find something relatable from this conversation. Molly, why don't we start off by you telling the Mindful Movement audience just a little bit about yourself, maybe interests or anything you really want to talk about. Well, some of the Mindful Movement audience may have already heard my voice or listened to a meditation that I wrote because I wrote some for y'all's channel and I think I recorded like one. Um, and currently I'm working on doing a Spanish sister channel. Am I allowed to announce that? Uh, I think you just did. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm bilingual, so I'm translating some of the meditations into Spanish so we can expand our um, listener base and reach people from different cultures, which I think is pretty great. I would say Spanish is one of my interests, and I'm also very into crochet, knitting, music, um, some other things, reading and writing. So, you know, as a 16-year-old, you know, for, every, for most people, as you grow up, one of the main parts of life, it's like if you had a job as a kid, it's basically going to school. So the tail end of your school year was 
not completely wiped out. They had some online schooling, and I'm sure that was challenging. Is there anything you want to talk about, like what that was like for you, where you have this routine that has been going on really your whole life since you were, you know, maybe three or four when you start some format of school and all of a sudden that being dramatically kind of flipped upside down and still having like a sense of uncertainty of what it's going to look like in the future. I mean, what goes through the mind of a teenager experiencing that? Well, it definitely at times has felt like the world as I knew it was just like imploding. Um, Uh, I've also been thinking a lot about like identity lately and how for me it's always been really connected to the stuff I do and like my intellect because I've always been pretty objectively speaking good at school like I get A's and stuff and it's been weird to like for instance I like to write a lot so I've been journaling pretty much um, compulsively a little bit in quarantine because it helps sort of keep me sane. But it's also like when we were talking about potentially doing unschooling next year if we can't go to school, if, if the public school option isn't good, and how I would write essays and who would read them. Like that idea scares me because I'm used to I guess identifying myself by my voice or my like intellect, I'm not sure. So it's been pretty weird to just have these structures that I've molded myself into just sort of collapse. And it's like, what am I now? You mean you feel like your worthiness or your existence is like validated by the work you've done at school and the response from the adults that are judging it, essentially? Not entirely, but... Partly. So what is there to learn for you from this? Like, is there not, do you see that, has has this time away from that structure led you to feel like those things aren't as important and those aren't your real identities now that you could kind of step back and self-examine how that goes? Or do you feel like that's something you're craving and still need to to feel a sense of self-worth for yourself? I feel like both. Like, um, you know, Ram Dass says, becoming nobody. That's like the the liberation of having no sense of self, just being, like, not having to, I don't know what it is, like, prove that you're someone. And so part of it is like, yeah, it's a blessing to just be in my house all the time and not have to, I guess, I don't know, sort of prove that I'm the person who writes these smart words and like has these things to say. And at the same time, like as a person with social like DNA, like humans are a social species, It like feels kind of, stuff feels like less meaningful when it just, for instance, like when I write a poem in my phone and no one reads it, it's just words that stay in the cloud or whatever. So 
It definitely feels like... You don't think there's birds flying through the clouds, stopping to read your book? <laughs> that would be cute, actually. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no. So you, you were speaking... So when you write something now, and it's just kind of stored, and it's unheard, like, what is that... Do you feel like there's some kind of sense of loss? Is like, is that just added to the list of things that we've essentially feel like grief over or, or a sense of loss because like our routine routine is out of sorts or even like these emotional checkpoints that we we get throughout our day that kind of validate the re, you know the why we do the things that we do is like missing and we we need that too we need that kind of reinforcement along the way I'm not really sure what your question was. I'm sorry. Well, you're used to, you know, spending a lot of time kind of not just going through like check boxes, but, you know, going through these routines where you produce this output of work, generally school related and some of it's extracurricular, whether it's, you know, through artistic outlets. But there's always like a listener on the other end and you know, maybe we lose sight of how important that is, even though we don't want to identify ourselves that like, I'm nothing without these things. There's still a biological component of our growth that goes on by someone saying, I, I heard you, I see you. And I, I, you know, you're, these words that you put out are not for nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that is a sense of loss that you know, kids might experience more than adults because they're in that phase of developing where those, reassur those reassuring moments from the other people in their life as they go through their routines are like little stepping stones of growth and your development where you're getting assurance like this is on the right track, this feedback is supportive to me and you feel nourished kind of from the feedback that you get from your teachers or your parents or your coaches things like that. I mean, do, do you sense that maybe there's kids out there that, and or yourself, that you feel like that's really missing and it's something that is needed, even though it might contradict that idea of, you know, you're not defined by these things and you're, you're not these external things and that disassociation of where, where you're trying to examine what yourself really is, but you still need these things like these are like you say there's a social component in our dna like we're a tribal species and it's part of us and part of that is is getting you know confirmations from your tribe that you know that nourish you that are supporting your growth and that's a i guess a big missing thing that maybe that's overlooked which i would assume would hit younger generations more than older generations that are maybe phased out of that, even though we all have our own issues and we're all probably still searching for love somehow from the things that we didn't have that we needed when we were a child. But as a child, you're in it. Mm. And those are important. And those are part of us. Um, that was rambling on a little bit. I don't know if there's, that's a, I don't know if there's a question in there. Um, I mean, what are the things that you feel like you are doing in these last few months that have helped you that you feel others might find helpful too to to hear you know and maybe they could pull 
from that and maybe find something. Maybe it's a daily practice or something. Like, what's different about your life now that you feel like you're doing that is intentionally there to kind of help you navigate this? It's funny, you're interviewing me like I'm some expert. Like, I'm just a person. I'm figuring it out, too. <laughs> um, She's an expert. I'm a, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It does get, like, lonely, and I don't have the answers to help. I know that one thing I did that, that really, I guess, made me feel less lonely was I did for several months this... Um, therapy group for like high school aged girls and it was centered around art so we got these like art therapy exercises which really helped me to sort of express the things I couldn't put into words it was like draw if your feelings were an animal what would they be and I draw my I drew my pet Chewy because he's a doofus and I was I feel very like a bit of a doofus who doesn't have the answers, <laughs> but that really also helped um, because I've been making a bunch of art, and you've heard me say this so many times, but like, it's so sad that I make something and like, where does it go? It sits in a pile in our basement, and like, I wanna, I don't have enough space in the walls of our house to put it up, like, I, and I don't just want to be the only one observing it. Like, I want to share it with the world. And it's been, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, just sad. Like, right now, my whole life is a pile of um, art sitting in my basement. Well, <laughs> you have done some knitting and crocheting and of things that you've been able to give away and kind of share your gift yeah. a little bit. I mean, that feels good to it does to give it away. I remember hearing, I think it was Wayne Dyer once said, the only thing you can do with your life is give it away. Hmm. And you can't take it with you. And you're right, art should be shared. But, you know, maybe not all of it can be. But some of it can be. It seems like you're doing that. What else are you doing? And that, I mean, you have, your, your schedule used to be so jam-packed. And now it's it's been wide open for so long you've had time to like try things you know try them on for size see if they fit what sticks what are the things that have that have stuck that you've tried where they've kind of been integrated into your lifestyle now oh well we started doing an after dinner walk every day which i mean i don't think that's just a quarantine sort of habit i want to keep that i think it's really good for me that is more than just good for you. I got to tell you, that has been one of the most special things for me personally, to have those walks with you. Uh, Molly and I have been walking after dinner, I would say, almost every single day. And we generally take the dogs for a walk. And it's not a long walk, 10, 15 minutes. And it's been, it's been a little slice of heaven in the middle of the day. So I want to thank you for that. Oh. And... You're it's, very welcome. It's helped <laughs> in many ways. Um, not, I mean, I'm a believer that walking is really healthy and we're designed to do it. And, you know, it could benefit physically and emotionally and mentally and digestion and all kinds of things. But those opportunities to connect with you have been priceless. So 
I want to, from my heart, personally say thank you for taking that time, and I love it. And and I would say probably around a third of the time, your brother, my son Cosmo, who you'll meet someday, I'm sure, who does all the editing of our stuff that you guys listen to, by the way, he um, he joins us usually on a skateboard, and he does like I don't know a hundred kick flips as we walk through the neighborhood, and it's been a blessing. So I, I thank you and I, it reminds me I want to thank your brother too uh, for that. So doing some art, doing some walking, anything else? Um, well, I, as I said earlier, I've been journaling. That was something I've, that's a practice I've had for, I don't know, at least three years probably. I started, I did this one workshop once. It was like yoga for middle school girls. It was so fun. It was like me and three other people and they were all friends and they already knew each other. And um, by the end of the thing, it was like, it was so empowering and I remember it. And I started from that, they gave us these little like journal, tiny booklet things. Um, and taught us this gratitude practice where every day if you just write down like three things that you're grateful for. So I started doing that and then it evolved into like some days I just wanted to be angry or like, I don't know, scribble. So I started a more free form uh, approach to journaling. And so currently I'm in this sort of like mix of just writing whatever I feel and then like purposely focusing on stuff I'm grateful for sometimes or like affirm affirmations. Um, and it's been like a lot lately because I don't talk to that many people and when I have stuff to say, I get very anxious at the idea of it just being forgotten. I have to like preserve it. I don't know. I'm trying to work on that because I think it's become a little bit um, out of balance. Like I get a little bit compulsive about having to, I don't know, like take pictures of things and like journal things so I'll never forget them. And it sort of like defeats the purpose of like just appreciating it in the moment because it's like if I take a picture of the pretty sky, then I'll have it forever. So why do I have to enjoy it right now? It's like like that thing I said early, uh, the other day, I'm like mortgaging my happiness. <laughs> I'm like making a portfolio of all the stuff that happens and I'm saving it for later. Like I don't need it right now. I remember as you were growing up, uh, both Molly and her brother have been involved with music for a long time and they've both spent some time in bands and doing a lot of performances. And when you guys were really young, I remember feeling so compelled to record everything. And then over the last few years, I realized that in the act of recording, just like holding your iPhone up when you're in some restaurant and your kids are on stage and you're trying to capture everything, that you're really missing. First of all, the phone can't capture the experience. And... I remember noticing that if I didn't record it, like I could just experience the joy of watching you and listening and being way more in tune with 
like your performance and, and, and really enjoying the performance when I wasn't busy trying to get the, the view to fit in the screen of the phone and, you know, is somebody going to walk in front of the screen or like, like you can't, you can't hold it. You can't grasp it forever anyway. And it, you know, it made me think of, um, one of the books that I reference quite a bit because it's been so impactful to my life is Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And there's this talk where they're differentiating like what it's like to go through life on a motorcycle compared to in a car. And you're, you're in the experience. You're extremely present. The re- motorcycle requires a great deal of respect in every moment which keeps you in the moment and you don't have the windshield it's like when you're in a car what you see through the windshield it's almost like you're watching it on tv like you're not in the environment there and when you're on a motorcycle you're exposed and you're in the elements and you you feel it you smell it you know you see the sunrise or the mountains in the distance just a little bit differently i love that book (laughs) yeah and just like you know putting it down and so you know we're here for you know 50 to 100 years or something and then that's all you got and nobody's getting out of here alive and you can't just take these things forever now some of your work obviously could be passed on and you know everybody is appreciated at some point some art that was done a long time ago and you know we're grateful to have that but you're right like we have to be able to to like, I guess release, it's an attachment. It's attachment that I guess somehow we're still trying to identify ourselves and have our self-worth based on this piece of work, this writing, this poem, this picture. On some level, it's we're trying to say, I am worth, this is showing, this is building my worth. And we have to be able to let that go and realize that our worth is not dependent on those things. And we can just enjoy these things for ourselves and they don't all have to be heard by someone else or seen by someone else. I feel like when you talk about um, like letting go of the attachment to um, like preserving stuff um, in like words or pictures or whatever it may be like I think there's there's a balance where you can just sort of loosen your grip on that rather than just completely let it go. Because like when you do hold on to the urge to like share stuff, like when you really work hard at writing an amazing novel or like practice every day so that you have this one amazing performance and it moves someone to tears, like that is so Mm. meaningful. And there's a lot of value in I guess preserving things so you can share with other people but it also like hurts when you're always trying to save stuff to share with other people especially now when you can't really like like I can sing and practice a song but it's not like leading up to a big performance so now it would be I guess more beneficial to focus more on the like present side of the coin, just like experiencing it in the moment and not trying to make and not trying to like immortalize it. 
That's beautiful. Um, hmm. Loosen the grip. I love that. I told you, she's a special person. Well, I spend so much time, <laughs> like, trying to get the words right, you know? And it sort of sucks when there's no one to, like, say those words to. But, so, like, I, there's a part of me that benefits from not having to explain everything or put it all into words or, like, write it in stone. But there's also a part of me that really, really loves like just talking. <laughs> gotcha. And you know, you could make a, a good case for, you know, that that giving away that you have a gift and I guess on some level it is almost a responsibility. It's like a burden or a responsibility that yeah, you do need to give it away. You do need to share that gift. So there's a, there is a balancing act there, I guess, of loosening the grip, not being fully attached, but not keeping your gift all to yourself. Hmm. Maybe on this episode, you could give away some of your gift to the audience. Maybe you could sing a little or read one of your poems if they're accessible. Um... I can try. Okay. Uh, um, we can finish with that. Okay. So that gives you time to maybe prepare in your mind. So I won't put you totally on the spot. We'll leave some time at the end of the episode for that. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to like remember in my head which of my poems are Maybe like, something in Spanish. Right, by the way, that Spanish thing, uh, we'll come back to that. You mentioned earlier that we are starting a, I guess, a sister channel. Um, and that's going to give you an opportunity to translate and use Spanish, which is a passion of yours. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. You've been taking Spanish, what, for four, five, five years? Five years. Cinco años. What is it about <laughs> learning another language that inspires you? Or that... I could talk about this for hours. Okay. <laughs> um, well... I'm a really musical person and I've learned that like music and foreign language and math all have a lot in common because they're like systemic, they're like predictable, sort of like road systems, which I reference because we've been practicing driving and it's like a breath of fresh air to know that like the way that they set up roads is logical compared to every other decision that's being made right now. But that's <laughs> another topic. So I really just love, like there's a formula to Spanish, like, and also um, this isn't like, I, well, it's a reason. I'm very good at it. Like I just, it comes really easily to me and I feel like it's something that it's worth, um, what's the word, like pursuing. So. I like it and it's also a good bridge into other cultures like I can sort of bridge the gap between two different people with cultural discrepancies and sort of find common ground. And why is that important to you? Well, every like person on the earth has the same in my belief just like intrinsic um, 
I don't know, spark of light, you know, the little droplet of God that's in every person. <laughs> I know that's a little spiritual and you don't have to agree with me, but it's that whole thing. Like, I don't have to agree with the person. We don't have to speak the same language. We don't have to have the same beliefs, but there's something in common. And when you deny that, like, it is painful. Yeah, it's like you create suffering out of thin air when you deny that belief. That's that's great. It's so impressive, I find, at your age. I think about when I was your age, like I would never be able to think that cerebrally. I, you know, I was like, oh, there's a rock. I'm going to see how far I can throw this rock. <laughs> well, it's like a blessing and a curse because I, like... I'm always thinking and I sometimes forget to just be in the moment and like, I don't know, feel my body. I forget all the time that I have a body. I just completely will go hours and hours just just thinking nonstop. So are you able to catch yourself and notice when you do that? Well, I don't know who's catching me. Some Like I come out of it eventually. I, it's not like... I decide, like, like I'm the one aware. Right. I don't know where the where the awareness comes from when I do notice, like, oh Molly, you're doing it again. So, what are the practices you have? Like, what are your um, mindfulness or paying attention strategies that to I don't know ground yourself or find the balance you need? You know, uh, I'm not that good at it. I don't know if I'm the best one to be talking to this topic. Um, I would argue that you're pretty skilled at it, especially for someone with limited chronological experience that you have. Well, I grew up with some, you know, with you and mom. Oh, Y'all pretty much... You poor thing. I, <laughs> I love you, but, yeah. you know, I am in a different sort of culture than some other people. What's it like to grow up in a house with someone like you and your mother? Oh, I can talk about this. Uh, well, um, I can't watch TV for a long time without feeling guilty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely... Also, I can't go too long without exercising without feeling guilty. I can't eat too much sugar without feeling guilty. Oh, Those are just the bad things. The shame is swelling in <laughs> my heart right now. Oh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. You made me who I am. Um, I also recently found out that I have, like, um, I don't know if it's just you or, like, all the dang self-help books I've read in my life, but especially in my developmental years, like, I have somewhat of a, well, a very strong moral code of, like, positivity and, like, having a good attitude. And whenever I am, like, in a difficult time, I don't tend to be very comfortable with myself just, like, I don't know, being a little pessimistic and I don't, I sort of like self-enforce um, a very specific set of thoughts that I'm allowed to have. So only recently I've been trying to 
sort of just let myself experience the full range of thoughts and emotions. And that's been something, it's not like second nature to me because of where I have grown up with you and just not even just you or just like the books I read, but also just my community. Like, I feel like we're in a very pain intolerant and like, we're very like detached from mortality in this country and very, you know, accomplishment focused. We're not, we're not like, a bunch of Buddhas, you know. Mm. And I also feel like growing up here with y'all has made me um, very comfortable with like advocating for myself. I know you make health a very big priority. Like you wouldn't let me take a job because I have to wear a mask and you care so much about my being able to breathe. Um, and like if if something is expensive it doesn't matter how expensive because if it's if it helps you heal like it's worth it like you buy some pretty expensive cool supplements and devices and <laughs> health gadgets and most people i know don't i guess value their own well-being that much but you really care and so you've instilled that in me well that's good to hear Blessing and a curse, I guess, at some level. Well, everyone's upbringing is like that. Yeah. You mentioned you read... Uh, Molly's been reading books a lot. She, her... I mean, back... You started reading very early, like two or three or something, and really haven't stopped. And I'm curious, out of the self-help like category... Maybe like who whose writing has really spoken to you, or let's say there was another sixteen-year-old that was, you know, struggling to navigate their life right now in this current, you know, world experience. What would be some of the you know the top one, two, or three books or something or authors that you feel you'd find yourself you know urging to recommend to somebody? if they wanted to dip their toe in that genre? That's a really hard question, mostly because I don't remember all the <laughs> names of the books I've read. They just are like embedded in my consciousness and I can't really remember them. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's okay. Is there any other topics you'd like to touch on or messages that you would like to share with the world or with at least the mindful movement listeners um i don't know i'm no sage i'm doing my best i don't no. know if i have advice for everyone it doesn't have to be advice let's see what else is there to talk about today? Um, what are the other things that you're doing? We started to touch on practices. You're going for walks. You're journaling. You're doing a bunch of art. 
music's been a big part of your life. Do you find yourself using that as a tool lately to, to help with anything? I mean, I don't know if I really think of it as like a tool to help make things better. I'm trying to, I guess my, like, my view is sort of shifting from he, these are symptoms and these are my practices to like heal. Like I recently heard this thing that was like, you don't need healing. You are fine how you are. Like there's nothing wrong. There's only stuff and you like put the label of wrong on it or good or bad or whatever. Gotcha. But this is this is interesting. This is from Diane Connolly's book that I'm reading, All Sickness is Homesickness. Oh, that's what I would recommend, by the way. I love it. Um, she says this thing that we're we're like simultaneously already home and we're homing. Like we're both get, going back to home, whatever that is for you. She sort of describes it in the book. Or and at the same time we're like already there, nothing needs to change, like, this is the point of life right here in this moment already. Yeah, for those of you listeners, if you don't know who Molly's referring to, Diane Connolly was the, if you go back to, I think, the first interview episode of season two here where I restarted the podcast, uh, it's, I would highly recommend check her out. She has a lot to offer. She's written several books. And yeah, that all sickness is homesickness is interesting. I remember when I met her, I felt sick at the time. And she conveyed to me that you are already well. You just made a commitment to forgetting. And that really resonated with me. That like, we all have wellness inside. We just, on some level, we have to remember to like come back to it and remember that we are well. Yeah, and, and and we could forget it, and then we could commit to the forgetting. Where like we just practice forgetting how well we really are. And there's no shortage of reasons that'll come up in your mind of like why you're not well. All these examples of what's wrong, but like they're part of the health. Like if. When you think of when I think of home, it's like unconditional love, and that encompasses like the parts of myself I like and the parts of myself that I guess aren't in my best interest, even though they're trying their best. Like they're the parts that make me forget that I'm already like awesome. Yeah, that's beautiful. So if you were to share something with the audience, a piece of your art. <laughs> artistic ability or gift do you want to read something you wrote to the audience do you want to sing a song do you want to sing a song in spanish uh i don't really have anything prepared um i can look through am i allowed to get on my phone because that's where my poems are sure I'll see if I have anything. I'll do a dance for the video <laughs> while you are leaving the video to get... The f oh, you're back. Yeah. yeah my you guys were all saved. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear this too. I haven't heard any of your poetry in a long time. So I know that you've been writing 
a lot these last few months. I see you pulling out your journal and <laughs> hiding what you're writing and, you know, I wouldn't dare sneak over your shoulder and try to read it. But um, it would be great to get a little insight to something recent that's coming from your heart. Did you find something? Um, I think so. Are you comfortable sharing it? Say yes. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, we're about to hear from Molly Isabel Raymond. Okay. Writing is such a sacred thing, and I feel like a bulldozer troll for stamping on it with my giant cement feet, for abusing words, imposing my will. Sorry I have not been gentle, and sorry that these days I only write to take out the trash in my mind. Sorry I'm not open to receiving, to submitting to the universe. Sorry I'm not a wand, one end planted in the earth, drawing up water and minerals, the other end pointed at the sky, channeling all the sun's brilliance, then transmuting these energies into art. When my therapist curses, it makes me think it's okay to take out my feelings on the ground, to stomp, to scream, to say the F word. Sometimes I should still be quiet. Birds and singing bowls make gentle music. Thank you for humbling me, God. God knows, well, I guess you know, I needed it. Molly, that is beautiful. I want to thank you for sharing that. And I want to thank you for sitting here with me today. I'm honored to be your father. And I'm honored to be a part of your journey. Thank and you. To the Mindful Movement audience, I think we're both honored for your, that you were here with us today to listen. So we're grateful for you tuning in. Uh, thank you for all the positive feedback that's coming in for just both the meditations, everything on the channel, and for these podcasts. I hope you're enjoying it. If you are, please give us a review. We greatly appreciate it. And I hope you stay tuned for more episodes. This won't be the last time you hear from Molly, I assure you. Oh. Molly has a lot to say. <laughs> and as the future unfolds, you will hear some of it. Um, if you haven't heard any of the meditations that Molly has written, we will link to uh, at least one of them in the description of this episode. So, and also there's one that you read, right? So yeah. we will link to both of those in the description. So check them out if you want to um, hear that. And then stay tuned sometime in the, on the horizon. There will be... Um, for those that want to hear this in our meditations in Spanish, you'll be able to hear Molly um, offer those. So thanks again. We hope you guys have a terrific day.